0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 is where we find ourselves as we're going through the Gospel of Luke. Luke has, so far in his Gospel, shown us Jesus in his mostly in his Galilee ministry. Now, of course, Jesus didn't just hang out in Galilee for most of his three years that he was in, in ministry. The, the, you know, after he turned 30, he, he was baptized, and then he, it shows, Luke shows him going up to Galilee. He went down to Judea a few times, but for the most part, the lion's share of his ministry so far has been in the Galilee region. And, and now we're, we've seen Jesus move south through Samaria into the, er, the region of Judea. Now, you have to understand There's these are three different, totally different regions. Judea, of course, was the main part where Jerusalem was and the temple was and the universities were, and all the elite and all the people who were kind of the establishment of their day lived in Jerusalem. And you had the, the Republicans and the Democrats, right? You had the, the Pharisees who were the conservatives and the and the Sadducees who were the liberals. And so you had all those dynamics happening there, and there was a lot of conversation, a lot of things going on in that region surrounding the temple and and the way to God and all those things were happening in the south. And then as you, you know, go north, you find Samaria, which is kind of in the middle. And the Samaritans were a group of people who were originally half Jewish, but couldn't prove where they were from or what their lineages were. And so they kind of You know, kind of got pushed out. In the book of Nehemiah, you kind of see that. They kind of pushed them out. These are people that were still in the land when the captives from Israel came back, and they were kind of excluded from the nation of Israel. And so they had a a bitterness towards the people of Israel, and the people of Israel had a bitterness towards them. They were filthy Samaritans. And then as you go forward, or up north rather, you have the region of Galilee, which was also part of Israel. So they're split in half by these two, by the Samaritans. But in Galilee, it was kind of kind of like like Emmett you know it's just uh people lived there who were just kind of simple people they weren't you know robe and tie people they were just kind of simple you know sandals and cheap robe and you know just go after it you know farm and do hard work and they were just kind of your down-to-earth people you know and when when the, the the Galileans came down to Jerusalem they kind of looked at them as like oh you guys are you're not city people you know, you're kind of hicks or something like that. And so there was kind of a stigma there as well. But, but they certainly didn't believe that Samaritan lives mattered. They <laughs> certainly did not care about the Samaritans. They had nothing to do with the Samaritans. And, and, and that's the way that things were. But as Jesus is moving towards the south, we see him go through Samaria. Of course, James and John wanted to call down fire on the people there. You know, Jesus didn't let them. No, that's not what we're doing. And they go down into Jerusalem and as they're going into the area of Judea, they, he sends 70 disciples out, two by two, to all the cities that he's going to visit. And so basically, their message was going to be, the kingdom of God is coming near, you know, Jesus is on his way, and, you know, repent and let's pray for your sick, and, and they cast out demons. All these things happened as they went to these places. And, and what would be Jesus' custom, as it says in chapter 4, is that Jesus' custom was that he would, every Sabbath day, enter the synagogue, and so he would probably visit synagogues all through the circuit of the places that he was going to be traveling there in Judea, just as he did in Galilee. It wouldn't be any different. And so it's probably in that setting that we see our story today, although Luke does not tell us. He doesn't tell us exactly where they are or what the setting is. He just kind of gives us this story. And that's kind of the way that Luke rolls. You know, he just kind of, and then there's this story. And then on a certain day, this happened. And so not everything's necessarily chronological, but we kind of figure that it's within the context of what we've been looking at. So it's true. Whenever there's a new ministry in town, whenever there's a new church plant, it kind of draws the attention of the churches that are already there, right? And, and so it was in their day, you know, they had their synagogues, they had their religious leaders, and now a traveling rabbi is coming through who's pretty controversial, and so it's going to draw the attention of the people there. I, I remember that's the way it was 20 years ago, and we came here, Shannon and I planted the church here with a, a small group of people, and, you know, I went to the, the ministerial association meeting, you know, just to kind of catch the vibe, and, and as it is in Emmett, and this is very rare and very beautiful, the, the churches, in, for the most part here in Emmett, were very welcoming, you know, I mean, not threatened, but very welcoming, like, oh, great, we're glad to have you in town, we need more churches, you know, we have so many churches already, but that's what they said, we need more churches, you know, we can't minister to everybody. I thought, wow, that's great, but not everybody was that way, you know, some of those pastors, they're like, you don't want to take you out to lunch. Around the woodshed. No, I, they, they wanted to take me out to lunch and ask me some gotcha questions, you know. But what they didn't know about me is that I like questions. <laughs> I, I thrive on questions. I have answers for everything. It's horrible. My wife hates it. But, but I, I just am opinionated. But they, they take me out and they want to ask these questions and they want to find out where. I And most of them, I won over. Some of them won me over, you know. And it, it's just kind of a beautiful thing that happens. And you know, I think that's true. When it comes to the Christian life, and we're going to see Jesus model this so perfectly. In Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul gives Timothy kind of the rules of engagement. You know? and, and there are times when we have to engage, right? We have to engage someone who has false doctrine. We have to engage someone who has, you know, is doing the wrong thing. And, and so he gives Timothy kind of the, the weapons to do that. The, the, the I guess the, the battle plan for that. But it might be different than what we think, and it certainly is different than the way I approached things when I was a young man. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. The servant of the Lord, if you're a servant of the Lord, you must not quarrel, but be gentle to people you like. No, all, right? gentle to all, willing to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. And so our mindset isn't that this guy is my enemy or they're wrong or they're a heretic or something like that. My mindset is this guy is a captive and, and God has to be the one who grants them repentance. It's not me. I'm not going to get there by my words and my yelling and my you know, mean texts or tweets or whatever. I'm, I'm only going to get there through gentleness and love and kindness. I remember learning this lesson when I was a, a pretty young guy, probably 20 or so. And I, I've been talking, I've been debating with a lot of people, a lot of other religions. I've been you know going to town with them. And I was winning debates, but I wasn't winning people. And so I, I, I was rebuked by the Lord through a radio program. I was listening to this radio program, and I promised something to the Lord. Okay, I'm not going to witness to anybody anymore. And it was after that, when I stopped, that the Lord started. He started to use me to, sh- to share the gospel with people and to lead some, even some of the people that I was debating with to the Lord. And so I love Jesus' attitude here. He finds himself in the situation where he has to model this, and he is so good at it. And I, I love it. And it's, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. But verse 25, it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? L- Luke's the only gospel that gives us this account and doesn't give us, again, much context for this event, but just talks about this lawyer confronting him to, to test Jesus, probably just guessing this is probably in a synagogue service. Do we have any lawyers in the house? Lawyers, you have a bad rap, right? Any, any lawyers? Okay, good, I can tell this joke. Now, I heard, <laughs> I would tell it anyway, but I heard that if you take all the lawyers in the entire world, just all of them, all the lawyers in the entire world, and you put them end-to-end around the moon, the world would be a much better place. <laughs> no that's why lawyers are so mean because there's so many bad jokes about them and so they're just to they have a bad attitude because of all the bad jokes now i have i have friends that are lawyers and i know people that are, are good people that are lawyers so they say they probably have a bad rap but this isn't an attorney like we have today lawyers in the jewish context were much different so this would be you know we read about the scribes and the pharisees the scribes were the lawyers and what a scribe was and what a lawyer was in that day was an expert in the law somebody who Made copies of the law. Somebody who studied the law. Someone who was an expert not in just the not in just the the, the Torah and the prophets. The they were they were an expert in the Talmud and the Mishnah, the the written tradition and the oral traditions as well. And so these people were very very astute when it came to knowing what the scripture says. And so as as this guy comes to Jesus, he comes, it says to test Jesus. And his goal as a lawyer was to trap Jesus, to test his understanding of the law of God. And that's a lot of times what lawyers do, you know, even in our day, if they're criminal or defense lawyers or they try to, to, to trap you. You know, they try to get you to ask that question. I went to court one time and i'd been watching a lot of matlock during those days and i i actually was in court and you know the the trooper was there he you know he busted me impeding traffic i had a line probably of 100 cars behind me on highway 16 but i'd been behind a school bus
0: thanks again for listening to a Biden truth with pastor mike Hughes. if you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety